0: This episode of Blue Shirt breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right, I hope you had a happy holidays, but if you're still in the giving spirit, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blue breakaway. What do you get with that, you ask? I'll tell you, baby bird. You get access to our BSBOT episodes that we constantly reference on these episodes, our Discord, and you get the privilege of supporting Greg and I's dumbass. Thank you so much, and now we will cover the New York Rangers in the intermission until the new year. Big, big games coming up this week. Uh, it's been quite the streak after the almost Gerard Gallant firing. So, uh, we also have our friend Jesse Marshall to talk about that horn in Pittsburgh and how much we hate it. So, without further ado, let's get to the show. Here we go.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Okay, here we go. Hey, Bush fans, welcome to another week of the Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Gregory, it is almost 2023. What is your New Year's resolution?
1: Uh, Survive. I Survive. I, <laughs> I hate that we did an entire rant on BSBOT this week about Carlos Correa and Steve Collins. I know. And now we're yeah, sitting, I hate that you, it's also out yeah, there. We're sitting here on Monday, and it's like, eh, you know, might not happen. Yeah, well, you know, baby bones do hurt. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe bones do be broken. I, I mean, we don't. There's no. If he backs out for a second time, just no one's gonna sign him. So like, he has to sign with the Mets, right? At least I, is this is this denial? Is that where I am? Am I in denial?
0: I think it's denial. It's it's not like I'm worried about the Mets anyway. No. If he doesn't Correct. sign. Like even a little bit, it's like, oh, okay, I guess we didn't get I know, him. I but guess I we'll dragged my anybody nuts across else.
1: A lot of people's faces.
0: <laughs> well, you and the rest of uh, baseball world, where they just shit on the Giants front office yeah. for uh, I don't know seven days straight. Well, it, and I then... mean, it was
1: just really funny where they back out on Correa and their next immediate move, their first immediate move was Michael, Michael Conforto, Conforto, who doesn't yeah. like the reports. This winter are he might not be able to throw from the outfield. That's that's that this seems- winner.
0: Seems negative, by the way, for an outfit that you can't throw from. Outfield. It's tough. Um, similar to Bryce tough. Harper, who but legitimately had surgery. So, okay. Uh, anyway. We anyway, the New York Rangers. They uh, we talked about this on another episode that you have, if you have access to on our Patreon, you can go get it. But uh, they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in a game that honestly was a big time throwaway, at least in my opinion. and I'm sure yours as well. And then beat the New York Islanders. Uh, with the redemption arc of Capococco after doing a turnover on Barzal. Barzal turns over to him. Uh, well, I and mean, then Miller has what is maybe the best pass of his career. Hits Capococco open ice. Rangers score. Good feelings heading into the new year. And now we head in to New Year's Eve week. We, and I stretch that I would consider it to be like, I don't want to say make a uh, break. Did you just call but... it
1: New Year's Eve week? Yeah, the Eve. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, also, just looking at the schedule ahead. The Rangers play in Sunrise on New Year's Day. How hungover are the Rangers going to be that day?
0: That's that's a loss. (laughs) You know, like before the season, we talk about scheduled losses. That's a
1: scheduled loss.
0: That's a scheduled loss. Wow, my Amazon just going off right now. Unbelievable. That's pretty good. Yes, that's a loud one. It's it's, it's telling me to water the Christmas tree.
1: Great time. Do people water Christmas trees? I do. I water my Christmas trees. Do people not water trees? I don't Christmas know. Trees? That's a legitimate question from you, Ryan. I don't know if you know this about me. I've never <laughs> okay. had one. You,
0: you went to the movies. <laughs> yeah. so I
1: got it. <laughs> Saw Babylon, had an out-of-body experience. It was wonderful.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. I don't know. I, I thought I muted those notifications. Turns out Alexa uh, has her on How mind. do you
1: water a Christmas uh, tree? Like, what is it in? It's it's in,
0: you don't know what a Christmas tree's in. No, this doesn't it just leave, like a stand.
1: Isn't it just in a? Yeah, row? the
0: Christmas stand is like a is like a pot what? where you pour the water. into. I've never yeah, seen. I, it. I thought it was just literally
1: like a stand, <laughs> like like a People coat are rack.
0: screaming right now. No, no, you have to keep water in the tree. Yeah. I know it's already dead, but you ha- it has it suck keeps sucking the water. It's unbelievable. I don't think that's um, true.
1: I think you do something weird here.
0: I I did put sugar in it. So, <laughs> schedule loss. Yeah, for fuck, Rangers, Rangers Panthers. one thousand percent. Totally fucked. Uh, I think. This upcoming schedule, I've been talking about it for weeks. It's Capitals, Lightning, Panthers, Hurricanes, Canadians, Devils, Wild Stars. Wow. That's a lot of good teams. Like a shit ton. Mm. So the Rangers took care of business, for the most part, uh, with the exception of the Penguins game, over the last 11 games. It's like, okay, Rangers got got it together. Gerard Glant did not get fired. Great. Ho-hum. Awesome. The Lions have come together. He played off on the top line. I mean, what else more could you ask for? The fourth line with Goodrow. Uh, By the way, it looks awesome when he's down there. He makes a lot, makes those fourth-line players a lot better. Seemingly seems like it should be his spot. Great. Awesome. Now we get to the point of the season where it's like, this is, is put-up-or-shut-up time. I think the Rangers saved their season, obviously, and saved a red glance job by winning almost every single game in some some way, shape, or form, or fashion. I'm sure you saw our dear, dear friend Greg washinsky tweet out, the Rangers' analytic numbers now suck, even though now they're a steamroller, and before their analytics were good, and they couldn't win a goddamn game, which is New York Rangers hockey. But this is where we come to the ter- the test of, can we hang with playoff teams every single night, and if you can go 500 from here on out, you're going to be good, and you're likely going to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they've saved Goliath's job, um, because I don't, it's not for this season. Yes. I, I, think. I don't necessarily. Oh, why is my mom calling? That would be a great phone call. I'm not picking up. She's probably telling me, she, <laughs> Hey, mom, hey, listen, up? we're not buying a house again. Cool. Didn't care. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think necessarily teams let's play this game again, Ryan. Okay. These sure. are the teams behind the Rangers who currently hold the number one wild card position. All right. Tell me if you think I'll, I'll we'll start from the bottom. We'll end up here. Um, sure. blue jackets, they're out. N- no, they're Flyers, out, Flyers, they're out. Poo-poo. Senators, pretty sure they're out. No, definitely can't figure it Canadians, out. Canadians, they're out. Yes. Pa- Fun team. Panthers.
0: Panthers. I'm not really I'm not a believer this okay. year. Okay. Sabers. Not a believer. Man, Tage Thompson. He's the only player though. And him and Dolly. That's right. Red Wings. It. No, not this year. Next Islanders. Year. Can be scary. But I don't think they're consistent enough. Is that strange? And then the Capitals. Scary. Still scary. So those Capitals. are,
1: of the teams behind the Rangers, teams that we think might be able to be frisky. Capitals, Islanders, Sabres, Panthers. Four teams. Sa- Sabres too, too
0: far back. The they just, they just can't win enough, I don't think. Sabres have three games in hand on the Rangers. I did not know they have three yeah. games. So, oh I mean, God. if they
1: win out, they're three points back of the Rangers right now.
0: Okay. All right. taste Thompson, everybody.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, we do that exercise to say, it's easy to say the Rangers have saved Galant's job when they're on a heater and they've won what a nine of eleven or something like that, um, something like that. But they're a five game, a five game losing streak away from being on the outside looking in again, and we know that this organization is not in the mindset that they can afford to miss the playoffs, so. Yeah, no, they probably have saved Gerard Gallant's job, but I don't think we're at a hundred percent. It's not a hundred percent. It would take,
0: it would take a massive, similar to the losing streak they had earlier in the season, to really. I mean, if they miss the playoffs, he's out. Period. I, he might be out if anyway. they
1: are. If they get to the trade deadline and they're out, they're on the outside looking into the playoff picture. I think he's out. And Boy, that's not that's, that's not an impossibility. It's unlikely. No, the East is
0: so good. We again, we've talked about this countless times, but you look at the West, and it's just such a joke. It's, it's fucking
1: terrible. Such a joke. Yeah. yeah and you wanna, you and wanna I do think that the game Stars or are... the Rangers with forty-three points would be. Uh, they have a worse point percentage than Winnipeg, who's second, but they would be tied on points, and they'd be uh, one point back of the Kings, who have played two more games than the Rangers right now. I just think there is like uh, only in the, ne- the
0: next couple weeks. There is only a couple games where the Rangers are like should be guaranteed winners. Like the, but even then, the guaranteed winner games weren't exactly the games the Rangers were winning this season. Almost always, they would play down to their opponent, and the and the games they should have won, they would well, you want do you wanna,
1: you wanna Chicago. dog and Francis this up? Guess which games the Rangers I, will be favored in this uh, two-week I actually kind of, I kind of do. I'm a, I'm a little schedule obsessed right okay. now,
0: and I think it's a little strange by me. So, dog, uh, uh at home versus the They'll Capitals be on heavy Tuesday.
1: favorite.
0: I agree. Thursday versus the Lightning, they will not be a right. favorite.
1: Road team, Tampa, better team, underdog. Got it.
0: They, I think the Rangers are a favorite New Year's Day versus the Panthers, but it's very slow. I
1: think they're favorite as well, but I think they, I don't, I don't see a scenario. Which there's no, they I, there's no way. They're not winning.
0: There's no way. Unless the Panthers see a strip club beforehand, the similar, or yeah, the same the Panthers, strip club as the Rangers the thing, you
1: got to remember, it's like going to Denver to play a game in altitude. Right, they, the Panthers they're, are they were born they're close it. enough to Miami where they understand what a night out in Miami is like, whereas the Rangers, it's like, Disney World, all of a sudden.
0: Right. Hurricanes, J- Tuesday, January 3rd. I home. think they're a home dog. I agree. I agree. And then this is like well, kind of one of the last games I think they're favored. On the road on the versus the Canadians that Thursday. Yeah, they'll be favored. I, favored. I think they'll be
1: favored against the Devils as well. You do?
0: Because yeah. uh, New Jersey doesn't matter. No home, home ice. No. Advantage.
1: Yes. But also, one team's trending up, one team's trending down. Okay, so then, it, so then
0: it's the wild. I'm not going to do the whole schedule. Just a couple more games. I here. think. The, I think wild, every
1: game after Carolina, I think the Rangers go on a nice little one, two, three, four, five, six game stretch where they're favored. So Devils,
0: Wild, Stars, Canadians, and then Blue Jackets, of course. Yeah. Yes.
1: Bruins, no. Bruins, Bruins they, they won't be favored. Be and then,
0: okay. It just it just seems like these next like six games really a measuring stick games Well, yeah.
1: For the Rangers. I mean, by saying the Rangers are favored doesn't mean the Rangers are going to win. Clearly yeah, not. They're not. I mean, they're not going to win. They're not going to win seven to nine. It'd be nice if they did, but they're not going to. Um,
0: oh, if they did, they'd be the best story in the sport I mean, <laughs> by a lot. They?
1: Best story. Uh, best story in the sport.
0: Uh, hot, hot, well, you, you could do that thing where you go, "Who's the hottest team in the league right okay, now?" That's like on a on, like a morning show. It's not. What's the best story in the NHL don't right don't now? No, is the league,
1: the Rangers have been off for what feels like seventeen days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I so detached. I am so detached from NHL storylines <laughs> because. The holiday freezes in, and I get froze my mind too. Where like
0: I know, and you got to there's like some good NBA great, drama right great now. Great NBA obviously. games on
1: Christmas. Tua got concussed for a third time. Uh, EPL came back today. Correa, Correa, I mean, Correa, Liverpool.
0: Cor- Liverpool just stole a player from Man United. So very. Yeah, excited remember times. in the
1: preseason when the Southampton was like, you know, who we really like, Cody Gap, that Gapko. Let, <laughs> let's get that guy. Now it's like, you know, who really? I'm so excited to watch Southampton in the championship. I got to tell you, it, it's gonna be it, thrilling.
0: It does seem it's heading. Yeah, no way, shit,
1: Ryan. Point. We're 20th of 20 teams. We suck. Uh, Well, the, well, there's a lot of teams in those, in those bottom leagues. Like, yeah, we're right not now, beating so. any of them. It's wonderful. Anyway, the New York Rangers. Uh, Yes. Yeah, I, it's just, it's really hard to go back. Like, we're going to talk with our good friend Jesse Marshall today because we have some bones to pick about life with the Penguins and our feelings about said Penguins. I guess I'll ask you first because for me, I don't know when this happened. I know when this happened. It happened in the playoffs. The fans pissed me off, but it's like, I will always have this deep seated hate for the flyers in Philadelphia. That will always trump anything else, but they suck right now. So I'm over. I'm not really worried about the Philadelphia flyers. Pittsburgh Penguins have become the Atlanta Braves to me. I fucking, the, the team rubs me wrong, but doesn't piss me off. But the fans like genocide seems cool. I, wow, first of all, very rude. <laughs> Second of all, I did watch
0: the Torts interview where he just rags on and destroys the Penguins multiple times over the years, and he does make a couple good points. He's like, nobody complains more than them. Yeah, they're little,
1: <laughs> like, the little bitches and the, okay. and the fans and stuff. Sh- God, I love Jesse. I need to make this very clear. Just, j-
0: yeah, we really like Jesse. He's like one, one of our favorite He's guests. our boy.
1: <laughs> we go back with Jesse. He's wonderful. Um, I know he's going to come on really angry today because West Ham also got demolished but i did watch that yeah, game yeah, 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 yeah did watch that uh game. yeah i just i don't know that the igor chance rubbed me wrong don't like them and then it's just you can't log on twitter without a penguin fan trying to put a fucking war crime on jacob truba
0: it is enough uh, and the truba thing i, I kind of get it. there's there's so many truba hits out there that, that al- almost all of them are clean to be yeah, honest it's
1: just, but it's i think uh but there's so many. I know Chris Chris Pronger had the good point that I've liked and I think might actually be true, which is that the league just doesn't hit as much as it used to. Not a bad thing, by the way, I'm not necessarily saying the league should be trying to murder each other like they did when Scott Stevens was flying across the ice and trying to kill Paul Korea himself. At the same time, we see fewer and fewer hits that when like when Rasmus Darlene put miles wood into a different universe, we all go. But we all like gasp and take a step back because we just don't see those hits every night. I know, but in the '90s,
0: everyone's like up. Everyone's chugging beers. Oh my god! <laughs> like, Dude, remember when, it, when
1: we did the '94 playoff watchback? It's crazy. Like it's insane. are guys just like
0: getting absolutely mauled on the, and the ice. Other
1: thing, full but on. I think the other thing to keep in mind here, when it comes to these hits, and I think it's maybe the point we don't talk enough about. The game is so much faster in today's world that well, any yeah. hit it's just it's simple physics to a certain point like go back and watch like old school
0: NFL football and also NHL hockey and they're so much slower except
1: Gretzky that's it <laughs> and yeah and it's like when there is speed it stands out so much like is Michael Vick faster than even Daniel Jones probably not but it's just that and, every quarterback was such a fucking cinder block that when Michael Vick took off down the field, you were like, "This is unlike anything I've ever seen before."
0: I know. now everybody. If you don't run, you're not really anything. Right.
1: Look at Tom at Brady. Least the first couple years sucks. of his career. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Terrible. So bad. That's so, oh my god. I was. I came home from Babylon last night, which we I could do two hours on that movie if you need me to.
0: Uh, and is that a new movie, Babylon? Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, fresh, oh, okay. fresh then out. I, I haven't heard of it. Really. So. Margot yeah. Robbie stars. Oh, when I say okay. when I say Margot Robbie, oh, um, noted Ranger fan, big by Ranger way. fan, never okay. going to come on this podcast. Won't respond to my no. email. So strange. Knowing she's <laughs> never going to come on this podcast, I have no problem. Yeah, like... I would do anything to be with <laughs> that, that, not not Margot Robbie. I need her to right. be Nelly Leroy, the woman right. from uh, Babylon, the entire time. I, there's a certain level of trashy blonde. That just, it's, it's just... It just doesn't It form. used to be Blake Lively in the town was number one for the last, I don't know, 15 years, whenever the town came out. And then Margot Robbie shows up in Babylon, and I was, I was in the movie theater, and I was like, I, that's it. And,
0: and notably, by yourself. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was playing <laughs> down hard on that bottle, man. I was like, god damn! Uh, anyway, the New York Rangers and Jacob Trudeau yes. and the Pittsburgh Penguin. Yeah, I, I don't yes. know. Some about, the hits are hard. Some about the I, if If it were... If it was like hurricane fans did a good bit of complaining in the playoffs doesn't really piss me off doesn't really bother me.
0: It, no, that's fine. Like hurricane fans like that's what they have.
1: It's like who, what else are they yeah, doing? Really I, but pretty- I think the reason why my feelings on the Penguins has changed so much is that I'm like I hate their fans. I think that's I think it's that simple. Yeah, well, to be honest, it is
0: they make it pretty easy. Mm. <laughs> it's it's not like I, there are very few people, like even even before Brad Pack, who's never been on this podcast before. Thank Who? God. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, there, I've never been chirped as much or as often as by Penguin fans. And I know that the the Jay Fresh, who's also a Penguin fan, by the way, um, oh, that, noted you know, was, annoying yeah, was, surveys. We're numbers fucking blow. We're, were it's not. They're not his stats. Exactly. He steals them. Doesn't um, steal them. I'm sorry. He works together with another analytics person. Cool. I want to make sure that's clear. Not. not not doing uh i'm not doing fraud here i'm not getting soup. Uh, you don't
1: want to what is you it? don't want to show up at the post yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> for people that don't understand no 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 that. don't explain it. let them find it out let them find okay. it out on their own it's, it was I, oh man I,
0: okay i will i saw that post and i was like yeah, i had no buddy
1: i you and i are fucking sleuths and degenerates we and are
0: greg we are psychos yeah. when it comes to other people that host other rangers. Never shows. heard of them, my dude. Never.
1: No
2: <laughs>
0: no also, nuts. it's just like no, no, no fire at them. I'm sure they do a great job. Never, never. No heard fire. Of them, I get so. it.
1: That's nice. Well done. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Right. I like. I, I meant to send it to you, but I was just like laughing so hard that I think I passed out.
0: When someone posted it, I was like, "Wait, hold on." No, <laughs> first, first of all, people are going to be so confused by this. I think they but, know.
1: It showed up everywhere. Like if you and I saw it, it's not like it's hiding from people.
0: I'm sure it's in the New York Post. It's in the Post. So, uh, uh, MSG, uh, they do borrow some things. It's fine.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think they're gonna it's borrow one. my Margot Robbie comments. So I think, I, <laughs> I think once again, Ryan, right, th-
0: it's just a YouTube video of Chris Ryder walking out super slow mo. It's like, and I was biting down that bottle <laughs> real hard. <laughs> Uh the massive square Oh uh, yeah, Kabakako Ka- Ka-
1: scores are going and it's just there's some about trashy blondes. Do <laughs> you know
0: one of our fans is
1: going to make this, right? Oh my god, it's going to be McBearcat. It's always McBear. Yeah, that's
0: true. Or Mattie Shout He doesn't He does, an say, awesome he, does
1: job. he does it too. But yeah, anyway, Penguin fans.
0: Yes. Uh, speaking of Penguin fans, chicken parmesan and Vincent Trocheck. Um, uh, I think I, I'm, I'm I'm upset to say I had to blame chicken parmesan for that loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But let's talk about Vin- Vinny Trocheck a little not bit. Either I, I feel like we've kind of been ignoring how good he's been recently. I don't know about it, it. It's not like he's, we've mentioned him a lot on this show, which is, is is strange because he's sort of solidified his time with Chris Kreider and NJVBC to become this. This line that we haven't really had in the last couple years—it's just—I don't want to Bill Simmons this where it's like it's kind of doing herky jerky things, <laughs> but it is—it is a two-way line where it's it's playing both defense and offense. Obviously, that's what two-way means, Ryan. You dumbass. And then from on top of that, it does provide—I don't
1: know, just a different look than we've had in other lines. Am,
0: am I making this all up? Or no, what?
1: but it it, go, it goes back to it's more jarring because we're not used to the Rangers rolling three lines that we really like, and it's. It's not, it's even less common where not only are they rolling three lines that we really like, but the kids aren't the third line. So it's, we, we,
0: there's equal time between this third line and the kids, which is
1: perfect. If if anything, there's more time given to the kids when you consider just five on five numbers because Trocek and Kreider and VC all play special teams where the kids don't necessarily do. So it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily going under the radar because it's, it's three guys that are all playing really well individually. Like I, I don't think we have complaints about them at all. It's just that all three guys were playing on different lines, and it—I don't know—is it's hard to hard to describe. But Trocheck with VC and Kreider is just such a natural fit that I wonder. You said I know. I don't think personally we are ignoring Trocek. I just think. Definitely not on purpose if we no, are. No, I think there have been other issues like um, Trocek isn't the reason why the power play is or isn't succeeding. And it's not like when things are clicking, Vinny Trocek, when things aren't clicking, Vinny Trocheck shouldn't be the reason why something is or isn't working. It's usually something else. It's like. It's a fine line where Trocek, he's obviously not just a complimentary hockey player based on ability and salary. Um, At the same time, like we did this exercise before, like Vinny Trocek should not be one of the five most important Rangers. Like if, if Vincent Trocek needs to be one of your five best players, I think something's gone wrong. So when Vinny Trocheck goes on this kind of hot streak, it's it does get lost in the shuffle a little bit. It's kind of like it's kind of like your seven hitter having a ten game hitting streak to a certain extent. You know what I mean? It is. It is. And I guess it's just between the
0: hot streak of, of Vinny Trocheck and Gauthier coming back. We we I don't think I've been as confident in the, these the entire lines in a long, long right. time. That's the other part of it. Which, That's... which uh, let's go through it real quick, because I, I think it's worth sure. mentioning. So it's, Paner- it's Panarin, crafts uh, Kravtsov, which I think is at least enticing to see, and to continue to see, like, Panarin and Kravtsov shouldn't have been playing together all season. It's very clear Panarin wants to make it work, or at least try. And Zabinajad's unlocked some things with Panarin as well. Uh, not really unlocked, Panarin's fucking awesome, and he can play his own game, but he play makes really well for that line. Great. Kid line, boys to men, great. Uh, Kreider, Trocek, Vesey. And then the fourth line, which is super interesting, is Goodrow, Brodzinski, Gauthier. Like, that—that that is a line that's going to produce for you. And I, when was the last time you felt that good about the New York Rangers' fourth line? Like, three years ago? Uh, Four
1: it might, years it might be, ago? It might be longer than that, because I can't remember the last time the fourth line had three guys on it that I'm comfortable playing on a nightly basis. Like, if you just break it down that simply, I can't remember the last time we weren't simply trying to tell ourselves, like, the fourth line isn't bad. You just got to get over the fact that Tanner Glass is on it or Cody McLeod or any of these guys. God, we loved Ryan Reeves, but how many times did we have to have a discussion of, like, no, oh, there's only so much you can do with Ryan Reeves, blah, blah, blah. I, it's just the thing that makes the fourth line special is, again, it's one of those scenarios where if someone does find themselves injured in the middle of a game, I, like, I'm not saying – Brodzinski should ever be playing on the top line, but say Kreider has to move up because something happens to Kravtsov. I'm cool if Brodzinski's getting two extra minutes on the third line. And I can say yeah, that it's totally fine. I can say that about Gauthier, and I can say that about Goodrow. It's it's odd that the Rangers it's it's one, odd that they are rolling four lines that everyone seemingly likes and respects, but two. They're just dressing 12 forwards that you trust. And I can't remember the last time they did that.
0: And you do. You've talked about this countless times, I think, this year, which is you can play the matchups. If there is something you like where you can move Gautier up and you're like, okay, listen, on this line, we know Gautier can beat this guy out speed-wise. We're going to put him up there on the second line for a shift or two and see if it works. And that's totally – I know that that happened in the last game, but it was just more of a demotion for Capocacco. But those are legitimate coaching strategies you can actually do – with with the 12 forwards you have right now. And I know they're going to go out and try and get another forward. It's not a secret. The uh, they'll probably be a right winger that they're going to go look for as well. And but at least for the first time Larry Brooks has come out and said, last year I would have traded Coppolacco straight up for Patrick Kane and now not a chance. Thank you Larry. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, but the 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 the, the sad thing about that is it has nothing to do with uh, it you should have you shouldn't have had to make the trade last year too. It's just Let's I, th- not a moment. We have to hand it to Larry Brooks. That, let me put it that D- way.
0: I'm not handing it to Larry. I was just thinking, yes. uh, uh,
1: yeah, I let's just, do some five stars. Well, no? I, just to put a bow on it. It's like, like mm-hmm. you were saying, it's really nice that it's nice that we've boiled the Rangers problems down to one thing. And we can now fix that one thing because we've kind of allowed ourselves to just get out of the way and not have to make problems for ourselves. And for the longest time, that's really all we've been asking for.
0: I know. It's just, okay, get it. Just let the 12 best players play in the spots they should play. Crazy. Great. Crazy concept. And if that stays together for the next couple games and you let it ride, which you should, I'm I'm sure the results will be quite good. And I'm, I'm excited to Mm. see. Uh, So let's do some five-star questions before we get to our friend, Jesse who I believe I called Jesse Marsh in the opening show, like the coach for the USA. <laughs> uh, not the uh, coach for the
1: USA, by the way. Well, USA not yet. Coach. <laughs> not yet. Relax. You relax. <laughs> I don't... He'll be... He'll, I don't. You don't think he's going to be the coach for the next, the next World Cup? I know Cup? the United States would love it if he was, but I, I think that's a step down professionally for him.
0: It is. But I you don't last that long in the Premier League unless you're like one of two coaches. I know, but
1: he's a really good coach, and he can kind of go... I honestly think a job in the championship is better than a job with a national team. Oh, you do? Especially a... Like, a concacaf national team. Yeah, what the next the 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 Rangers. The United States men's national team has already qualified for the next World Cup. So the next time they're going to play a game of merit is literally in 4 years. So it's just like you're just spinning your tires until then. I don't think any yeah. coach worth his shit wants to just like spin your yeah, tires. The it's one time. thing you lose a lot of yeah, momentum. Yeah, it's one thing if like a UEFA coach, a European coach, you have euros, you have World Cup qualification, you got shit you have to worry about.
0: CONCACAF is kind of like Cap, it's just, f- fart noise. Yeah, it's just
1: a, Not just that. It's just like not only is it usually a fart noise, like the hex is, is interesting and stupid at the same time, but the United States just doesn't have to participate because they're hosting. So they're done. It's it. They're in. World Cup. There are three teams already qualified for the World Cup. So, like, why would a coach worth anything want to necessarily come coach the United States men's national team right now? I
0: don't know. This is from uh, Five Star Questions, so we have a couple minutes here. This is from John Hardesty. What if Galant dressed Blay as an extra skater just so he could put him on the second power play?
2: <laughs> Win <When>, uh, a... <laughs> it's kind of funny. I know, when a... Uh,
1: over-under, not exactly how over-under works. Sure. I think you see Blay on Thursday. Galant says something about needing the match up with... Patrick Maroon. No chance.
0: After Gauthier has that performance against yeah, the Islanders, there's no
1: chance. No chance, Ryan. No chance.
0: I'll, I'm going to actually give Glant some sense of credit here and say there's no chance. I am chance. so
1: excited for the Lions to come out. Because
0: hockey guy shit. I know. I They're going to come out against the
1: Capitals, and you're going to be, like, eating shit.
0: I know. Uh, TSE1231 asks, who is currently providing the best value for their contract on the Rangers, not just in points conversions, but as a whole, in your opinion? The answer is Adam Fox.
1: Uh, I would have said Jimmy VC. Oh yeah, it's a P. It's a PTO that is now an indispensable part of this Ranger team this year. I
0: know Fox is just like I know he makes a lot of money, but it's not even close to. Yeah, but it's not who's the
1: best player. It's who's the best. Who who would you say has outperformed their season expectations the most? Is Adam? Oh VC. Yeah. Is Adam Fox doing anything you didn't expect them to do? He's so good, but yeah, no, you're right.
0: It's VC. Yeah, It's it's,
1: it's it's to me it's VC, and then hmm. I'm trying to think of who would be second. Uh um, No. No. Cause he hasn't, played, he hasn't enough. played enough. I'd probably say Can I say Kako? Right, so I think it's Heedle, honestly. Mm, you're probably yeah, right. Cuz just think of the conversations we were having about Headol before the season started. We didn't put him on our good hangs list. And now think of <laughs> And now think I now think of now where we're like, I don't know if we can afford to keep this guy. So yeah, I, I would say Headol.
0: Hey, I want to save this one five-star question for Jesse because uh, the Dangle Podcast is apparently talking about this. Would you fire Drury and hire Kyle Dubas if you left for the Leafs this summer? So save that All one. This right, um, from from Daddy. Where do you stand on the ship of the thesis debate uh, when it comes to teams? I was thinking about Mika's contract. Remember some good people not liking it. But for me, when it comes to the uh, foreseeable future, if we win a cup, I want Mika to be there. Would you feel satisfied with a cup like next year, but only if every single player on this current squad was gone. I think there needs to be a balance. I do like covering certain players, but I have to be honest, Toaster Daddy. I don't care how the cup gets here. I just want the cup to get, uh-huh. get here. Yeah. Yes. I, You'll fall in love with the players that win sure, the cup. Sure.
1: I love players, but I love laundry more. Like, it's. Yeah, it's, it's what I,
0: That's just what, unfortunately, what it if,
1: is. If, it, if the Mets needed to trade Alonzo, McNeil, everybody, and that would lead to a one world series. Sign me up. I'm good to go. Where am dro- where am I dropping them off? What do I got to do? And do I got to like take Alonzo out myself while watching Cocaine Bear in February? Like I'm in. I'm ready to go. Cocaine Bear. What, a, what, a, what an amazing. Yeah. Movie no, we're gonna topic. by the way do an entire bonus episode on Cocaine Bear.
0: I can't say I blame you. I'll probably go see it. <laughs> I'm seeing the uh, shit out. <laughs> <of me. laughs> All right. Uh, with that. With that being said, let's transition over to our dear friend Jesse. Transition. Okay, we're back with our first guest, reoccurring guest, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic and McKean's Hockey. Jesse, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure, gentlemen.
3: Thank you very much for having me, as always.
0: Well, I think we'll start out by saying, uh, good game, sir. Handshake, good good game. We all could agree that the refs can't see. Very good, very good. Good job, chap. Um, but on top of that, uh, is there more vitriol coming from the Pittsburgh Penguin fans towards the Rangers because of last year's playoff series?
3: Yeah, I think so, for sure. Yeah, people are really upset. The thing is, is like the Crosby health thing is such a sensitive subject, right? So, you know, and I know uh, we all had a discussion about like, you know, the Truba hit um, in that series. And like we, you know, didn't exactly see eye to eye, but we were kind of close. I think for a lot of people in Pittsburgh, there is no eye to eye on that, right? Like, (laughs) you know, it takes them back to like David Steckel. Right. And I think, like, too, like, the pers- what is the perception of Sidney Crosby today? You know, I think there's still a, a group of people in the Rangers, Band based the Islanders, the Caps, everywhere, all across the league, that have, like, that Ken Hitchcock view of Sidney Crosby as he's this, like, whining, diving, feral animal who um, touch him and look at him the wrong way and you're out. Right. Uh, where I think the reality is more of like, dude, dude takes a Mario level of abuse. <laughs> and like there's other than Brandon Dubinsky for one game no one's ever been suspended for anything they've ever done to Sidney Crosby right so it's not like an argument that i think has a lot of merit anymore but it's still a super sensitive subject so the vitriol uh that you're sensing i think is is real uh mostly because like people are just there's no there's no gray area on that stuff you know if they perceive Crosby as being wronged uh in a hit to the head or any kind of concussion related scenario people are just going to again become rabid over that. Um so I think you're you're spot on. And you know, the offici I what I would like and I think we could both agree on this is I would like a run of of Rangers Penguins games that are fairly officiated on both sides. Cuz anybody in Pittsburgh will tell you Crosby that that was re- like what the heck was that? You know, like come on. Uh, but even go back to the playoff series, like both, it was a both sides bad,
0: right? Like it was definitely yeah, a both sides yeah. thing, just to be super clear there. Like the Kako non-goal, I still haunts me, even though we won the series. Cause that was a, that was a moment for me personally. <laughs> I was like, okay, coming out party for Capo Kako. That's a goal. Wasn't a goal. No idea what that is. And then there were a couple other moments where I think that the refs made the right call, even though it was the wrong call. Like I think that go- the Gensel goal that was, I-, I think was a high stick mm. I'm glad they didn't call it a goal. Like, I, I just thought it was one of those goals that was like too sick to call off. Yeah, <laughs> it was right. like, oh, yeah. okay, great, that was too sick to call off. You're doing the right thing for the game. I, that's, I totally get that. But there's a lot of times where it's like it's sort of the ref show, and they, uh, the, there are a lot of non-calls that are bad, and there are a lot of makeup calls or questionable calls that are just not We're good. We're not getting enough even
3: strength hockey, Ryan, I, is what it is, I, right? We're not getting enough time no. to even strength.
0: And the Red doesn't even favor the Rangers. And I, I'd prefer like I'd prefer to have a just a, a cleanly called game, but we can't get I don't mind when the calls go, you know, one way or another. That's fine. It, that happens in hockey. But at least be consistent. And we I don't think we've gotten consistently reft Rangers Penguins games at all. Yeah,
3: nobody's getting consistently rough hockey in the NHL, but I feel like it's been egregious specific <laughs> to these two teams. And it, you know, here's the thing too, like it's good hockey. You know, there's a physical element to it and that, that stems back you know, ages, I mean, they've, they've teams have been in the same division for uh, our entire lives. So you could expect there to be, uh, you know, familiarity breeds contempt and all that. But, I, you know, just like we, you know, it's not as if this is like a goon fest, you know, punching bag factory where people are like cheap shot in their way every five minutes to, you know, a parade to the box. It's like, it is, it's too much of a ref show. That's what it is like. Take a step back and let the let the game take the center stage, because these two teams play, I think, anyway, you know, pretty similar styles of hockey that uh, when at five on five produce some pretty entertaining moments.
1: Jesse, I obviously I mean, since we've known you, which has been a couple of years now, which is incredible. Um, obviously, the Rangers and the Penguins have always been rivals. I it dates back to when. The Rangers overcame the 3-1 deficit, I think, like, 20... Was that 2014? 2015?
2: Yeah.
1: 15, yeah. And then the next year, the Penguins absolutely boat-raced the Rangers out of the playoffs. So you you go... It's always been there, because the, the Rangers had Henrik, the Penguins had Crosby. They were always really good at the same time. But something feels like it's changed in the water since last spring, where I I'm sure Ryan does this, too, where sometimes... I judge who the Rangers' biggest rival is based on the amount of whining I get to see in my mentions <laughs> on Twitter. And for the longest time, it's usually been the Islanders. Flyers fans, I feel like, understand not to come calling because I take it and I make it personal and they don't want to deal with that shit. I'm not going to give them props, but fuck them. Uh, but, like, if Jacob Truba farts just in an open room, there will be a Penguin fan in someone's mention saying that it's as it's worse than mustard gas and that he should be taken out. What is it as simple? Like what, why, why did this change in a playoff series where one, I think everybody going into that series had the opinion, even the die die hardest of penguins fans had the opinion. The Rangers were the better team. You were playing with your third string goalie. All this crazy shit happened in the series. We think the right team In terms of talent, advanced, what what broke? What what snapped? Why why has this become this thing now? Where like, I think a penguin fan can't go a day without saying something about the Rangers, and I feel like I can't go a day without wishing harm on a penguin fan. (laughs) So
3: uh, the crux of it is to go back to what we said: is that Truba, uh, you know, is a polarizing figure. There, you know, there's the old uh, you know, the, even the, my general, or I guess my generation is also your, I'm not that much older than you guys, but you might, you know, an iconic moment in Pittsburgh. Let me paint it like this. We, we'll go back even farther. An iconic mo- moment in Pittsburgh is the bear- is the guy who went to the civic arena in the 90s, uh, with the sign that said Barry Graves. And I'm sure you guys have seen that sign. Have you seen that? Uh, it's like an iconic moment in penguins history. Adam Graves slashed Mary Lemieux in the wrist and broke his wrist. Right. Uh, and when they came back to Pittsburgh after that, there was a huge brawl in the playoffs. Levy was out. There was a guy in the Civic Arena who brought a neon yellow sign, and on it he painted in black paint Barry Graves. And, like, the people in his area went crazy, you know, because everybody wanted Adam Graves' head. And, like, that, right. the moment with Truba and Crosby was an opportunity for two different generations of Penguin fans to reenact that moment. Right? Like, that, that – Barry Graves moment where like Graves slashes Lemieux and the Rangers are the villains right that was this that was this generation's moment and like people got again the Crosby head thing is like it's so sensitive and I think he was playing in such a otherworldly fashion uh and was just dominating the Rangers for long stretches of time that people it wasn't it wasn't targeted like Jason Jacob Truba didn't sit in a room and like put a bounty on Sidney Crosby, but people certainly felt like that, you know, that that's, so I, what you're getting is just passion and vitriol uh, from people who I think ultimately were just like tired of Sidney Crosby missing time to
0: head injuries. Right. And there was never, which is super understandable. Like that's a, he's a legitimate star has been forever is probably the, with the exception of Conor McDavid, the best player in the league has <laughs> been for a long time and and yeah there are still days you can still make the case he's the best player in the league so i understand like why that's your guy you want to be protective of him but I'm, i just feel like this is a rivalry that wasn't it's always never been totally real but yet it still kind of seeps to the well, top you know no the 2015
3: you know, series that you guys are talking about the 3-1 flip like that was such a yep. bad time in penguins history because you'd like the, the coach everybody hated the coach they were so far Going into that cup run or that playoff run, they were so far over the cap. There was like a two, three-game stretch where they could only play five defensemen. And Paul Martin was playing like 30 minutes a night. But you, I think the thing is, is like from the Pittsburgh perspective, the Rangers are now at this point today, currently, the quote-unquote like new kids on the block. Like this young Rangers core, you have to go all the way back to the Yager Rangers 2008-2009 where these two teams really hit head on in such a fashion, right? Like it was like two freight trains on a track, like colliding in an a absolute war. And I think Penguins fans are used to having like a team that's competitively in the playoffs and they've been watching the Rangers get better and better and better. And now it's here and it's like, you know, I, Penguins, Penguins fans are territorial and they feel like that's their spot. And now there's like, there's, there's substance here again, you know? So uh, it's a rivalry everyone loves. They enjoy it. I think people get a kick out of it when it, when the Rangers are really good and competitive and uh, the the Truba instance just put us right back into the thick of it. We're back. Yeah, that's it. Like yeah. <laughs> away.
1: Greg Greg what were you saying? I'm sorry. Well, I so I hate nothing in this world I hate more than whataboutism. Yeah. So I apologize in advance for doing some whataboutism, but like it just when a when a Penguin fan comes at me and calls Jacob Truba a dirty player how am I not supposed to look at all the video I have of Evgeny Malkin swinging sticks <laughs> sure, at people's heads? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, <clears throat> I, I Listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to bat and go to war with Evgeny Malkin. Ryan and I did podcasts this We spring, him so and bad. Some are saying, we want him, we want him, come on down, we love him, he's the missing piece. So this isn't, a, this isn't me shitting on Evgeny Malkin. It's an acknowledgement
3: that Evgeny Malkin with a temper, right, uh, and, and when things maybe aren't going his way, acts a certain way. Uh, sure, and yeah, then, like but Sidney it, Crosby's uh, done regrettable things, you know. Like everybody brings up the nut punch, which was like, I think like, I played the game my it, whole okay. life. There's never been an instance where I'm wearing hockey pants in a cup and someone could nut punch me and it would affect me with a glove on. Like, give me a <laughs> break. Is it a, <laughs> is it a bad look? Absolutely. Is that gonna hurt? No, no. Like pucks aren't even like you're protective against pucks. Like, don't tell me if Sidney Crosby's gloved fist grazing against. Your hockey pants. Anyway, the long and short of it is, I think what what they think is, and I'm speaking for like Penguins fans who think this, is it's like there's a difference between losing your temper like that and acting like an idiot and, and like, quote unquote, I'm not saying he did, but the perception is he like, that was like a, a targeted use of the elbow. That's the, that's the thing among Penguins fans is like Jacob Truba's elbow must have a magnet, a skull magnet in it, right? Like that's the joke I always see. And it's a thing where like, look, he's tall, right? He's a big guy. He leans into his hits. There's a reason why he big doesn't time. have a record disciplinary discipline what's the word know, disciplinary wise. You know what I'm talking about. Because I it's gotcha. not it looks bad, right? It looks really bad. And I think that's people take that and run with it. Um and that part of being a fan is losing you know, take it, it's throwing, you know, logic and, you know, rationale to the wind, right?
0: And, yeah, we know.
3: <laughs> raising the like... pirate flag up. So, you know, there we go. Start of the yeah. church.
0: Uh, I have to be honest. So I've been listening a lot more to the radio recently. I've been traveling a lot for my day job and some other things. So when I listened to the Penguins Rangers game, I just, only thing I heard was the horn. Does it ever uh, like get on your nerves? Everybody no?
3: hates it. And I'll tell you why. It's because... That's
0: that makes me you feel know, so people good. People it. <laughs> and they
3: hate it because it, it came from Washington, right? Like that—that that was really a caps thing. But like, I think as without going on a tangent, and I know MSG is like a different beast. You know, it's this iconic arena. But like, when you go modern, right, and you get a new building, you inevitably lose the soul of the middle of the bowl in the lower half to the corporate suit, right the the soul of, of the fan. You know, like I'll take you back to melon like the Mellon Arena, the Pacific Arena or whatever you want to call it. When the Penguins were like, you know, in that doldrum period in the early two thousands, you could pay twenty dollars and go and sit down in the and they give you the best seat in the house for twenty bucks. And that place was never louder than it was during those times because everyone there cared. The team was terrible. They were ass. They were losing <laughs> obscene amount of games it was loud because you had all these people in there that cared and i think you look at toronto you look at pittsburgh go to the wells fargo center i don't care where you go you have a section of the stadium in the middle lower half that is soulless right and I think in an effort to fight back against that the penguins needed to make money right like i don't think a lot of people realize how bad the situation was they'd signed this lease in Mellon arena which like they didn't get any of the revenue for parking they got limited concessions revenue all the money that went into the games that they played went to the lease owners at Mellon Arena and not to the Penguins. So now they have – I think what they're trying to do is make their money, have that soulless corporate area, and then do other things that drum up interest around the other areas of the arena. No one likes the horn, dude. Everybody hates it. I wish they'd get rid of it. And it all it does is remind people of being in, in, in a Caps game in Verizon Center in 2009 and hearing that thing go off incessantly. Um during the cup run then like, so yeah,
0: I, there's so many Ranger fans just sitting, nodding with you. Right I, now. Mean, I mean, it's so funny. I, like, I don't know, you know
3: why, you know, it's just, it is, it's a part. It's like, it, it's, I feel like it's such a cliched part of going to a hockey game in 2022. Everywhere you go now, people are doing that. And no disrespect to iceberg. Who's a phenomenal mascot and had a phenomenal role in sudden death in the early nineties. Um, he's just, he, they do not need <laughs> that. You know, there's they other things they could do. And I hope they, I hope they ditch it.
1: Well, it's to me, it's not only is it just like wah, 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 every five seconds, but it's also just like it's never in the rhythm of play. It feels like, you know, no, I mean? yeah, it would almost be like it would almost be like an NBA team playing defense with the team is on offense or like, like it's it's I think it would it would grate on me no matter what, because I'm just at a point like a breaking point with Pittsburgh fans where I can't take it anymore. And I would pick it to death and find something to complain about for sure. And, I and like inflation yeah. is but what it, it
3: is too, Greg. Like, so like we're at a point now where, like, like, dude, it costs a lot of money to go to a game. And the Penguins sell well, out streak is over. It ended right after like 18 years, it's gone. So I think it's just like a, again, they're trying to find what their identity is like in this post COVID world. And unfortunately, the horn has become bored. Well,
1: I just, for me, I don't know if it's because I watch the Rangers mostly in MSG games, 41 times a year. You're just not into like the fans are in control of what's happening in terms of gameplays going on. If there's noise coming from it, it's not a prompt on a scoreboard. It's nothing. As much as I hate Potvin sucks. I'd hate it even more if it was the Rangers playing the whistle. And I, I, it's, it, it's just chalks on a notebook for me that another team, it's just like hockey's this one, the one sport, And football too, it'd be weird if football was pumping out sound in the middle of a play. I don't know. It's just like, I'm used to it in basketball for sure. Baseball between pitches. I'm used to it for sure. And then it's just like with hockey, when the play, when the puck is in play, I expect to just be able to hear the fans and see what's, what they're doing. So anytime I hear the horn, it's just like this foreign object invading my serene (laughs) space of peace. And I, I got to tell you if I could just put that more on Penguins fans I'm all I, I don't know what it I don't know what you guys did to me in that playoff series but I I told Ryan this earlier in the podcast you guys have essentially become my hockey version of Atlanta Braves fans where like if you if the fans didn't exist would I still hate the team as much as I do? I'm not sure I would. Not sure. But like I think it's also a longevity conversation
3: as you I you know you got to be sick of it, right? Like it's got to be like like this, I get a lot of replies this season when I talk about like Sidney Crosby being like the even strength points leader of the National Hockey League. People are like, shut up! Like he can't possibly be in the MVP conversation. Why? Because you don't want him to be? Because
1: you're tired of it?
3: No, Big he deal. can. Who gives he's a shit? he's a top five player. Care what no matter what, what. You're tired
1: of? <laughs> I Jesse, I actually I think it. I think it's something different. Um, I think it's that you guys are coming off. In my perspective, and you not – Yeah, you, yeah she, yes. ubiquitous. you're ubiquitous. Yeah. You are you perfect in my you, eyes, yeah. yes. The, the the Pittsburgh, the yins, uh, you guys are all coming off in this way where – What do you have? Three cups with Sid yeah. His name appears on there three times. So why are you bitching so much? <laughs> like I, I – like you, you could just – You just be like, bro, cups, and I'd be like, ah, shit, but because, got Because me. We have a, but damn, now rings. there's the
3: victim complex now. Right now we've entered into – Victim what? Dude, you know what I would do to no, win no, one? I know, right? No, I understand. <laughs> I think now, like, people are trying to close the window, right? So there's, like, this sensitivity where, like, everyone knows the Dark Ages are coming and there's, you know, be damn- who owns the team? Be damned, right? FSG doesn't matter. Like, you, you have to— I, w- I
0: want to get to that, like, like, by the way. Yeah. So, stick, so stick long on that. story
3: short is I think people are, like, clinging to the good times, right? Holding on to what they have and—, and <laughs> sort of pushing against the
1: darkness, if you will. So I think that's what I mean by but, victim uh,
3: complex. It's like, no, we're not ready to go yet,
1: damn it. You know, like. I. St- but but I, I still think, I think the majority of, I, listen, there are mouth breathers breathers and idiots in every walk of life. I think the majority of hockey fans are at a point of appreciation with Crosby and Malkin where we all admit it can't last forever, but as long as they lace up their skates, they ha- you can't rule them out. I think that is the majority opinion. On the Pittsburgh Penguins. That Ryan and I. That was yeah, our opinion like this year. Yeah. yeah. We every time we do like a metro breakdown, we go, well, you never can rule out the Penguins. Look at who they have. But then, like, Penguin fans hear that and go, oh, you're ru- you're ruling us out <laughs> again. <laughs> we love that. No, us. we're not. Nobody you believes guys, in us.
0: You guys had ten points and we we're like, okay, you can pencil the Penguins in. It's almost <laughs> like, it's <laughs> almost
1: like you have the Boston like mentality, but all the like the old boston mentality pre-2004 wherever like you just walk around saying you think you're better than me and it's like motherfucker you want three cups <laughs> relax what are <laughs> you doing you are literally better yeah. than me you don't need to have this mindset it just it comes off as childish when i hear a penguin fan bitching and moaning and it's like the rangers names on the cups were there when i were five <laughs> and you guys have three in the last 15 years yeah. come on you're better than me i'm not i don't know
3: that that's true uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I mean I it's so funny because like I've been I guess I'm in a unique I'm in a y i am in ai am in a unique situation in that like I was drinking a lot of beers at games and like being a dumb, you know, 20 something um um you know and being a fan for like a really long time, you know. So I've been a part I, I feel like I've I've experienced this from all sides. You know, and I I, I the the uh, uh, the group of let me put it like this. The largest group of people that are Penguins fans right now, right, like the group that accounts for the most "quote unquote" online <laughs> of all Penguins fans, are the group that went through that like X generation, and they saw Sidney Crosby get drafted, and they saw Evgeny Malkin get drafted, and they watched the whole thing, right? And that's just got a lot of people yep. in their feelings. That's it. That's all it is, dude. It's just a lot of people have this like un this this chip that's just never gone away right they've seen the team almost move like they've they've come mario's come and gone as an owner it is a long time and i think like that never goes away you know the early port of being online as a penguins fan was an ugly ugly period of time where like a lot of us like just arguing about Sidney crosby defending Sidney crosby like going through the shit with the flyers fans like all that stuff like i don't think a lot of people ever lost that so like to your point like you say like why are you so aggressive because they've always been aggressive they don't know anything else right <laughs> like you know you don't you don't bring a wild raccoon into your house when it's 11 years old and expect it to act domesticated you know so like that's kind of where we're at right now i think
0: um let's talk about ownership just a little bit cuz i have a, it's kind of a two part question has have things changed at all since fenways took over i think they're more of like uh, an investment handlement with put the right people in place situation just judging by what they did with Boston and other uh, Boston's a mess right now, but with Liverpool as well. Uh, and now clearly they want to buy, it seems like uh, either a football team or an NBA team. So what has been the experience for the Pittsburgh? There's Penguins no so tangible
3: far? difference. Um, I think like some people would argue that like the soul has been taken out of it, but like, look, Mario's still up there in the box, you know, putting away some, a, a, a dry red cab every night. So like, has they have things really changed? they've spent to the cap, the game day experience has not changed. Uh, the personnel around the team and, and, and peripheral and what you see and hear on the radio and television is the same. Um,
0: they just see it as a chance to double correct.
3: their money. And I don't that's know how is. well that's going, though, right? Well, I'm sure it is going well, and I'm sure they're making money hand over fist. It's,
0: in 10 years, the Penguins will be... What do they
3: buy for? Yeah, Ford, so...
0: 600
3: And then... Well, yeah, so... I don't even think about 10 years, though. I mean, like, I, want, I just wonder if... The money is there, like they thought it was, and I say that because they are not selling out games, like it's cooled here's, off.
0: Here's what they thought, legitimately they they have a, they see a league where players' salaries yeah, are suppressed, yeah, yeah. and that that they will never have to spend over the cap. They will spend to the cap every year, and they will be able to sell the Pittsburgh Penguins in ten years yeah. for one point five yeah. billion or more.
1: Yeah, That's- I mean, you're asking them to spend to the cap, which is what. Raphael Devers.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's not even like it's it's like one one player they're buying in soccer. But I also
1: (laughs) I still I am still of the opinion it's tricky because of, you know, international market rights and all that. I still think they're just trying to buy content and create their own channel, essentially, where you could watch Red Sox. You mean like a yes network situation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. They're definitely
0: selling Liverpool.
3: But they the, 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 that. The, the,
1: the, it's just it's tough cuz I think they they went into it with this plan like oh if as long as we have all these brands under our umbrella we could sell it but like a Red Sox fan doesn't about give a shit about Pittsburgh and it's very possible that nobody in you're a West Ham fan like you're not going to start rooting for Liverpool all of a sudden just because Fenway owns your team right no. they
0: they they're they're selling Liverpool 100%
1: Yeah I I still I, I'm I've long thought they wanted the commanders and this is what they were um narrowing for, but it does it I mean, Bill Simmons every week he says it's Vegas the Vegas NBA State, team. It's the Vegas NBA team that Fenway wants and I mean he's a Boston guy with NBA. Is the Vegas Connect, so is Vegas if he NBA says it,
3: an expansion or a relocation? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. They're okay. Gonna, it's gonna they're
3: be gonna, an expansion.
0: Yeah, they're gonna add Vegas and Seattle, I And LeBron's gonna be part of the ownership group. Correct. Yeah. Supposedly. So huh. that'll be a whole thing. Um, which brings me on to the next question. we got a five... We, every week we ask our, our listeners to give us some questions, but one that came up earlier that I thought was interesting was, if Kyle Dubas was fired by the Leafs, would your team try and pick him up this summer? Probably. I think
1: ours well, would, too. Because right. yeah, the, the the genesis of this question is actually, do we think Kyle Dubas has failed in Toronto? Like, I think that that's the core of the question. Do we think... Kyle Dubis is doing a bad job, and do I think Chris Drury or whoever, who, who is it, Brendan, uh, yeah. one of the Burks, Brian it, Burke. and Hextall mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, Brian Burke and Brian Hextall, Hextall? Yeah. yeah, okay. Do we think they are better than what Dubis is doing because the Pang- the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, always lose in the first round of the playoffs. My theory on front offices is. You judge the front office on regular season success. You judge the roster on playoff success. Because the playoffs are such high variance. The best team rarely wins. This is just the way sports would you, are. Would you argue? Once you
3: get into... Or can I argue? Sure. Has he done enough prior to this year? And I'm not saying he has or has not. But I guess, I guess the, from a roster composition perspective, you cannot argue at all with the makeup of that team. It is a, it's such a good team. It's entertaining. It scores a ton of goals, not because of, yeah, a lot it of scores goals because it controls play. But has there always been that elephant in the room of goaltending? Like, has he done enough
0: to address that? Like, I think actually the worst thing that Zubis does is pay his players, which is fucked up. No, but like, I, that's... I,
1: I don't think it's that because I mean, Ryan, to to your point, it's like, you have to pay the Marners. And if a John Tavares is a free agent, he says, Hey, I want to come home to Toronto. You have an obligation or try to, to sign to him. Least. Yeah. Right. Can I do, can I do point counterpoint sure. the goalie front? Um, so has he done enough to address goalies? I think the collective three of us would say no, but is he smart enough to not be signing these goalies to long-term also, yes. deals and keeps trying to find a lightning in a bottle, which works like, he didn't turn around and give Jack Campbell a five-year deal when all of us would have said, that's right. a bad idea. Now, should he have – I just think goalies are kind of I, – I look at them almost like I look at closers in baseball, where there's really only five that you would want, and then you're kind of hoping the one you have yeah. catches fire if he's not one of those five. And I think Dubas is smart enough where, yeah, he'll – I mean, he had Freddie Anderson. I think he was smart enough to let Freddie walk because he just can't stay on the ice and Dubas understood if he tried to lock up even more salary to a guy that uh can't stay on the ice it's just going to hamper him but like is he is it better to try to catch fire with Matt Morey or Ilya Samsonov than it is to give Jack
2: now you're Campbell right about a five that so sure. and, and I, some I
1: cost
3: think so I goal tending is a big problem right it's a huge problem um I will say this the final note about Kyle Dubas I just want to make as a, as a ubiquitous statement here is I, what really annoys me and what I hate is the failure of the Leafs inherently tied to a philosophy of analytics that Kyle Dubas has not exhibited at all in his time as general manager. I know that that was always this, you know, Hey man, Dubas is huge on data and hockey and, and, and blah, blah, but like what signings has he made? That show a level of analytic savvy or would paint the Leafs as this sort of utopian analytic team. I think that's nonsensical. I think you could point to five, six, seven other teams, Colorado being one of them, they just won a Stanley Cup that have tangible, Carolina is another one, probably the biggest one, and look at how good they are right now, that have like tangible analytic backings. Uh, And I just, I, what I, and this is a tangent, I just hate that the Leafs are viewed as that team when like going out and signing Wayne Simmons, isn't an analytically savvy move, right? Like that's not something you would do. And it's like, damn, that guy sure has been hitting the spreadsheets, you know? And I think like the data and hockey argument is over data one, uh, we're, we're that, you know, having that argument is very caveman like at this point, but I just hate how the Leafs are lifted up as this utopian analytics franchise. when I think that there are like, at least five other teams we could point to as that.
0: Yeah, he had every chance in the world to trade a second for Georgiev, and now Georgiev is in a, is in an Avalanche uniform. Yeah. So there you go.
1: And but I also I think his best analytical move is simply that he never traded. Nielander. He never blew
3: it up. And that Neilander right? like is he never still there. to that external yeah. pressure. That's why I really feel like the you know I hate saying the Leafs are going to win one day. Um Cause I like curses and I like it when teams lose for a really long time. So I hate it when they're no offense to you guys hated when the Rangers won, man. Couldn't stand it. Love a good, love a good long drought. Hated when the Cubs won. Uh, I do think it's going to happen though, because like you, you said it guys, this team is so freaking good in the regular season. Like they're unstoppable. Some nights, they just look like they could score at will. And they look like, Last year, they looked like the only team that was going to be able to line up with Colorado, maybe beside Tampa, right? Like Tampa was in there, but could line up with Colorado and be like, dude, they like, if you're going to look at two teams swinging for the fences every breakout, Toronto may have the horses to do it, right? Like maybe they could do it. Um, we never found that out, right? <laughs> we never got to that point. Uh, but like, no, maybe, maybe this there's year, there's a lot of pressure there to make something happen, right? And to win. And and good, good on him for not pressing the nuke button and just making a bunch of stupid decisions and you know trying to like rebuild the whole thing on the fly and getting rid of good players uh for no good reason. You know, that's a Jim Rutherford thing to do. You know, Jim Rutherford loved to make trades for the sake of like some bizarre intangible no one could put their finger on. Like when he traded a really good Carl Haglin uh, because he was best friends with Patrick Cornquist and he didn't like the way Patrick Cornquist was playing, so he thought trading his best friend was the right thing to do. That's like right, like so stupid. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> like we've all had general, like New York and Pittsburgh, independently have had general managers who operate like that, and it, you you know you can't operate by feeling. You have to operate by fact, and you know maybe that's where he is—the analytical strength GM, and that he doesn't have those irrational responses, but. Um, I don't know, man. Who knows? If he doesn't win a cup with this group, all this stuff we're talking about, people are going to play this podcast. But you like, guys are
1: idiots, so what do we know? You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Jesse um, – oh, go on, Greg. Then I guess – well, here. the
1: final one for me, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least ask since we're talking about GMs and pretend, Not, it's not necessarily a failure, but I don't know anyone in New Jersey who no, isn't loving dude. John Marino pre-injury. So, like, are we, sh- are we sure Burke and Hextall – Got it under control?
3: For everything that you could point to as a good thing, Brian Rust, Ricard Raquel, bringing those guys back and signing Malkin and Latang is unfathomable. No one thought that was a possibility, right? I will tell you this. Like sometimes things just get to a point where they don't work anymore, right? And I love – I think Todd reared in. Pound for pound, is one of the best defensive coaches in the National Hockey League. Top five for me. Todd Reardon and and John Marino. I don't. I think a lot of what makes John Marino good right now today came from Todd Reardon. But I think you guys saw it in that series last year. Like he had woken up, right? Like he all of a sudden was like this wow player. You know, not like Adam Fox level. But you were like, damn, like he might be the best defenseman for the Penguins in that series. But the they just the question was, can that continue? And I and I do know that there was one specific off ice aspect, nothing bad, but like just a, an oil water thing with like his like like his dad. I think his dad was like super involved, like with his, with his game. And I don't know if the Penguins were like super into that. I don't know. That's I just don't think it worked anymore, you know. And I think they saw Ty Smith. There were just so many elements where the Penguins were like, we don't think what we saw in the Rangers is like actually going to continue. Like there was, And I posted an article last year of like chock full of video clips where John Marino was just refusing to pinch like loose pucks that he would win 70-30 that he just wasn't going after. And then just like getting him to do that stuff took a really long time. And I think the Penguins were like, dude, we don't think that he's going to keep doing it, right? And like, we think we can fix Ty Smith. Uh, The problem is Ty Smith's more way more broken than they thought. He hasn't even sniffed the national hockey league at all. And I can tell you that like the coaching staff, like there's a level of frustration that they can't spend every single day with him because they think he needs that level right now of like intermediated (laughs) like like coaching. So this is a big L right. Probably like not going to be a Nazdelen Stoyanov level L, but I think it, it, what happened was everything was looking really good for Ron Hextall. A lot of his signings were playing really well. Brock McGinn's on a heater, you know, like things were working out, but like you, you saw what happened with John Marino and at scale tipped back to even again. Right. So I think that trade wiped out a lot yep. of good. It erased a lot of good. And I, now the question is like, what do you think happens? Everyone's answer is, I don't know, because like <laughs> that sucked. And there were other things he did that also sucked. Like Jeff Carter, Casper, Kapanen, like these are bad decisions. So that it, you know, you get a very incomplete picture when you look at the whole. And I think that's why people are just so non-committal to Ron Hextall right now. Is it just? It's not a volatile like Jim Rutherford volatile. It's a new weird kind of volatile that people also don't like. Um, so I it's a long answer to your question, but it's not good. Yeah, people are, I think, generally just really upset about that trade.
0: Jesse, I, yeah. I th- can't thank you enough for coming on. I got to get out of here at this point. But um, anything you want to plug? Obviously, you're you're doing an awesome job covering the Penguins. Thank you for talking about the no, horn and everything else, etc. All good. Awesome, awesome, great. That's the end of the show for us. You can follow me on Twitter at at O'RyanMe. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break, and we'll be back for BSBOt later this week. Love you guys. All right, it's the end of the show. Thank you so much for another year of supporting Blue Shirts Breakaway cannot believe 2022 is coming gone. The Rangers have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. We have all survived. That's great news. So uh and we are still continuing to push for this quest for the cup of which then life is over. Well, one victory lap and then it's over. But let's just get that one. All I need is one. It's not going to last a lifetime, Sam. With uh so with all that said, I would like to thank take this time to thank last week I sang. I don't I can't remember if I sang the new year song or a Christmas song. I think it was a Christmas song, but this year, I don't know if I'm going to sing it. this one, but I might sing next week. Who knows? Not that you guys enjoyed it. Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen. Oh yeah. You need to know what I'm doing. Sorry. I'm thanking all our NHL insiders and offer sheet club members. Who we chat to every single week. Who support this show? Of course, we love all Patreons, but these members especially help this show stay afloat. Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Curtulo, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Carter, Anthony Teragoda, Ben Water, Ben Webers, Bill Rattel, Brendan Lackos, Brendan Magnum, Brett Granger, Brian McGinnis, Brian Dog, Brian Gallagher, Brian Malin, Chris Finale, Chris Haru, C.J. Stellwagen, Caterine P. Damage, Daniel and David Naren, and David Siegel, Dennis Dites, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett Randis, Kim Garrett Greg Garrett Gretz, me Fly, Harrison Hasco, Hippop89, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, James Masker, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jean-Jacques Francois, Jean-Jean, Jimmy Max, John Hardesty, this person just honking their horn very loud outside my apartment, just, con- just continue, it's, it's an alarm, it's a car alarm, uh, keep it, keep it rolling. Recorder person, keep it rolling. Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John Shea, John Hunter, short Jordan, Josh Bob, Justin Freeman, Chris, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazic, Gronowski, Libor's Kayak, Lee Giordano, Lee Giordano, Lou Giordano, Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Nate, Hannafie, Hannafie, I O. Neil Grover, Neil Cola, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kodarev, P.J. Cisparo. Thank you. Welcome, P.J. Cisparo. Or no, you're you're not new. You changed your name. Okay. Pro World of Truth Gamer, uh, Randy Tesser. Ryan still hasn't watched Miracle. Somehow still true. Probably should watch it. Sean Taggart, Stig Bullbox, Swingart, Thomas Wallace, Tommy Siklari, Thomas Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Torrey from Manhattan Upstate, Vin, Vinnie Hay, Walter Thompson, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. You know, when I first had this idea, I was like, wow, this will be easy. I'll thank like five people. (laughs) Thank you so much for supporting the shows over over the year. It really means the world to Greg and I. It's been a wild ride. And uh, I get emotional on this part all the time. So I I don't need to do that today. Happy New Year's. Hope you had a wonderful holidays. And we'll see you in 2023. Love you guys. Bye.